0: trumpet. Is that correct? Quickly. Mm -hmm. Let's get the context right. We are now after the second interlude. Amen? We came. Did you find it? Second to the last page. Yeah. In the middle of the page. It's a quotation in the middle of the page. In bold. Dark bold. Dark um, or bold? In the middle? You saw it, right? Okay. All right. Here's, here's where we are. Are we ready? Okay. We've dealt with everything up to now. We are just finished dealing with the second interlude. Amen? we don't need to go over what that entails and all that and after the second interlude bear in mind the second interlude was between the sixth and the seventh trumpet is that correct i need everybody's response so i know you're paying attention see why i do reviews is that when you get a review you get in a better position to follow through amen okay because over the week you know we may have lost some uh recall memory okay So after that interlude the next thing we hit is the seventh trumpet. Amen? And with the pattern we saw with the seal whereby the seventh seal the content of the seventh seal was the seven trumpets. And also the contents of the seventh trumpet should be the seven vials or bowls of wrath. Is that correct? But the difference here is that unlike the seal, the seventh trumpet was not immediately followed by its contents. Amen? It was followed by the third interlude. But even before that interlude, the third interlude is not the very first thing that comes after the last seven trumpet was sounded amen the very first thing that came was a sound from a voice from the from heaven that that said behold the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our god and his christ is that clear now amen so that's strange because in in the in the way it's supposed to be the seven boats would have come immediately, but it doesn't. So it is this, when the seven trumpets were sounded, that voice came up. Amen. Um, and we saw that that voice was not announcing what was happening at the time. It was announcing what will happen even further. Is that correct? And we dealt with that and all it involves. Now we are going to finish with that. And after we finish with that, then we get into the real... Third interlude. And this third interlude seems to be the longest of the interludes. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we are going to finish up that uh, triumphant voice that came immediately after the seventh trumpet. And then we go into the third interlude. Is that okay? All right, let's go.
1: Okay, we dealt with the behold the the. I want us Uh to start from there. I'll Mm -hmm. start from it appears. Mm -hmm. Which one? It appears. Yeah. Okay. It appears that this vision of the temple in heaven, and the opening of it, is a symbolic vision that alludes to God's dwelling, and presence among His people in the consummation and eternity.
0: Stop right there. Do we understand what consummation means when we say in the consummation? Do we understand what it means? The final manifestation of the kingdom. The, the end of all things. The perfection of all things. That's what consummation is about. Uh, the ultimate end of all things in this case. That would be the coming of the kingdom in the new heaven and new earth. Yes. Amen? Amen? All right. For although indeed the Bible
1: speaks of a tabernacle or temple in heaven... Exodus twenty five forty, mm-hmm. Hebrews 8, 5 Revelation eleven
0: nineteen The
1: Bible also indicates, indicates the fact that in eternity there will be no need for a temple for God and his son will be the temple through his indwelling presence among his people
0: Now, there, uh, there seems to be a conflict there. Did you see the conflict? Mm-hmm. What's the conflict? Because these are things that can come up in your mind or somebody raises it. Because we are going to read some verses. Alright, but did you see the conflict? As stated in the outline. Huh? Mm-hmm.
1: See, there will be no temple. S- For God and His Son will be the temple.
0: So what is the conflict?
1: If there's not going to be um, a temple... Like uh, 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 a dwelling place. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be God and, and his son that will be the dwelling place. I mean,
0: yeah, but what's the, what was the conflict in the statement I made? Mike. If you, did you read did you mm-hmm. the, the, the outline?
1: From what we just did the last?
0: There was a point that passage is making. And it uh, you, you, you needs to get your attention. Uh, no, no, what was your question? Le- no, let's read the statement again. My okay. question is that, do you see a contradiction there? Let's read the outline again. Okay. For although
1: indeed the Bible speaks of a tabernacle
0: or temple in heaven, mm-hmm. the
1: Bible also indicates the fact that in eternity there will be no need for a temple, for God and his son will be the temple through his indwelling presence among his people. Do
0: you see a contradiction there? Huh? Yes. Uh huh. Yes, but that's the latter part of the question. But in the from what the outline says, the Bible says, but well, the Bible also indicates. Mm-hmm. The Bible says
1: there will be a temple. That
0: that there's a heavenly temple. temple yeah. And okay. then the, Bible, the same Bible says be, no that no at temple. the end, there will there'll be, be no temple, temple. in heaven. Okay. Did you understand that? Okay. So, And that's what we want to look at because, you see, one of the things that trouble Christians and they, really I get a little bit worried is that when we don't study our Bible, unbelievers, you know what unbelievers do? They don't study the Bible. But anytime they see a line that seems to contradict itself, They use it against Christians, and then Christians begin to shake. So whenever I see those type of things, I want us to to deal with them here. Do do you understand what I'm saying? So So that we need to understand, we don't let unbelievers dictate for us. Unbelievers don't study the Bible. All they like to do is to find out any seeming contradiction. I call it seeming because there's no contradiction in the Bible. Are you, are you all following? And every child of God should be ready to contend for their faith whenever we are challenged. So we are going to solve that issue now. Amen? Because actually, if you remember when he told Moses to build the tabernacle, he said, according to the pattern in heaven. Which means there was a, t- a-, a temple in heaven. And now, the Bible is saying, in heaven, at the end, there will be no t- Temple or tabernacle. So let's look at the two sides of the, of the issue. Let, let somebody turn to Exodus 25, verse 40. Quickly. Are we there? I don't know. Do we have a doorbell now? Okay, let's go. Let's go. We, we, we lost almost one hour of time. We, li- we really move, need to move fast.
1: Exodus twenty five forty.
0: Okay. See
1: that you make them after the pattern for them, after the pattern for them which was shown to you on the mountain.
0: Okay.
1: Or do we have to go before? Okay. Before 40?
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay. He's telling Moses the to things, how, the how to build the temple. He says, See yeah. that you do it according, according to, to what was shown you in heaven, on the mountain. On the mountain. Let's go to. Hebrews 8, 5, quickly. Hebrews 8, verse 5. Mm -hmm.
2: Hebrews 8, verse 5. Who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things, Mm -hmm. just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the temple. Mm -hmm. For see, he says, that you make all things according to the pattern which was shown you on the
0: mountain. Okay, uh, he's quoting Deuteronomy uh, Exodus. Amen. And he said that those who serve in the earthly temple, they do what? Read that again. They serve.
2: Who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things? Okay. Just as Moses was warned by God, okay, when he was about to erect the tabernacle. Exactly. For see. He says that you make all things according to the pattern which was shown you on amen. the mountain. Amen.
0: He said that they serve as a copy of the what?
2: Shadow of the heavenly things.
0: Of the heavenly things. The heavenly things. So, which means the tabernacle you saw on earth, the physical, what Pastor Moro was talking about, Amen, was a photocopy. The original was in heaven. Is that, is that clear? Actually, I want you to think of the physical things we see as like xerox copies, the originals and the spiritual. Amen? So the, you, you see that, right? And when he called Moses on the mountain, he showed him the pattern. So the tabernacle or the temple Moses built on earth was not Moses' creation. It was not that of any architect. It was a pattern that was shown him. Amen? Revelation eleven nineteen. Quickly, let's take that. Mm-hmm.
2: And the temple of God, which is in heaven, was open, mm-hmm. and the ark of His covenant appeared in His temple. And there was flashes of lightning, and sounds and pales of thunder, and an earthquake and a Stop great right hailstorm.
0: Stop right there. And the temple of God, which was where? In heaven, right? Was opened. So this is the clearest now. That there's a temple of God which is where? In heaven. Praise God. a temple of God which was in heaven. And guess when it was opened? The passage we read was, when they heard that voice from heaven. That said, now the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and his Christ as they were rejoicing and praising God, they looked up and saw the tabernacle of God in heaven opened. Amen? So, on the one side, the Bible indicates that there's a tabernacle in heaven. And on this side, it indicates we are going to solve the riddle that there's no temple, but God and his son will be the temple. Amen? Yeah. Okay, so, do we see the contrast? Huh? Amen. All right, let's continue now. Okay, let's read Revelation 21 22. Revelation 21 22. Uh huh. Start from 20 21. If not 20. Mm-hmm.
2: And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Mm-hmm. Each one of the gates was a single pearl.
0: And the street of the city was pure gold. He's talking about a new heaven and new earth. Amen. Amen. The new Jerusalem. It's a city now he's talking about. Are you all following? That's the new heaven and new earth. That's what Revelation 21, 22 will deal with. Amen. Okay, continue like transparent. Now, he, he spoke if you, if you read it completely, he speaks of the foundations, which was the 12 apostles. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Amen. And then the gates, which was what? Start from 20.
2: 20.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. The fifth. Sardox,
2: the six Sardius, okay. the seven Crystallite, these are the precious the eight, stones, the mm-hmm. ninth topaz, the mm-hmm. ten crystal. crystallite, Chris. No, I read that part. Okay, now the ten cryoso, huh?
0: Go ahead, Go ahead, read your file to we we'll deal with it.
2: The eleven Jason and the twelve Amnesty. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. Uh-huh. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass.
0: Mm. What no city is this? The heavenly Jerusalem. Alright, moving on.
2: <clears throat> I saw no temple in it. Uh-huh. For the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple.
0: Did you notice that? Amen. I saw no temple in it. It's not because of visual defect. It's because there was none. Because the Lord God and his what? And his son at the temple. Come on. So it's interesting. I want us to get something home to, take something home tonight. Now continue the outline. We are going to see what happens.
1: Likewise, the presence and mention of the heavenly ark of the covenant is a symbolic pointer to the fact of God's covenant commitment to his people. Thus, here at this consummation of all things, all the promises of God has had made in all of his covenants, of his covenants beginning with Adam, through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the patriarchs, Israel and the church are about to come to consummation or final consummation.
0: Oh <laughs> consummation. Oh, okay, or oh, final manifestation, okay. sorry. Okay. My mistake. Go ahead. The earthly counterpart
1: of this ark, which was a piece of furniture in the holy of holies of the earthly tabernacle, had disappeared in mysterious circumstances centuries ago. Since believe it was some believe it was confiscated along with other treasures of the house of the Lord by Shishak, King of Egypt, first King fourteen twenty five, while others insist destroyed. Why others instead destroyed along with the temple when the Babylonians overran Judah okay. in 586 BC?
0: Stop right there. D- there are two things now. Um, the Ark. This temple showed up at that stage. Amen. And of course, of course, you have to know the relationship between the temple and the ark. What's the relationship between the temple and the ark? Anybody? yeah, that's the significance amen and their relationship with God they always signify the presence of God amen but between the two of them, what's the relationship between them the temple and the ark are they the same thing the ark was in the temple Okay. the ark is a piece of furniture inside the temple in the innermost so so we don't confuse them amen so the, the, the temple has much more than the ark the ark is only a piece of furniture. So when he saw the temple, he also saw the what? The ark. So the, the significance here is that each of them signify the presence of God, especially the ark. And the temple may signify the presence of God and his people. Amen? Because that's how he dwells among his people. Praise the Lord. Now, And we are told here that the manifestation of this ark here represents the fact that the end of all things is coming. So that ark of covenant, is that the full name? The full name is ark of covenant. Israel carried it along. To indicate the presence of the Lord as the covenant-keeping God. Amen? That was why his presence was very important to them. Now at the end of all times, they are seeing it. It's reminding them of the covenant-keeping commitment of God till the end. And now every covenant he made, amen, from Adam, all true. This is the new covenant, the fulfillment of it. So even the new covenant has not come to its fullest manifestation until this temple shows up, the people say, "Uh Uh-huh, this is the temple this is the full manifestation. So that's the significance of the ark showing up at that time. The kingdom, they have seen the kingdom. Amen? And then they also seen the ark, the covenant presence of God as a king now. Amen? Uh, remember the Bible says to us, come boldly to the throne of war, grace. The ark of covenant in the old tabernacle was the throne where God showed up and the people come. The high priest comes. Amen? and then where forgiveness is received. I think that's what's happening here. Now, as to why we can say there was a temple, a physical temple, but now, at the end, there will not be a physical temple. I think also because of consummation. I guess that even the temple that's in heaven up to that time may have to give way, as an object may have to give way, because it represents God himself. But now we are going to see God face to face. We may not need a temple. Is that clear? Does that solve the contradiction? Amen. Praise God. Amen. The, you know, I don't know if you understand it because if God needed a temple on earth to abide among us, amen. Come to think about it in His full measure. No building, no structure can contain him. The Bible says even the heaven cannot contain him. Is that not true? I think the reason why we are seeing him as someone who is in heaven now is that's the finite nature of our mind. Even after after Pentecost, he's everywhere in the spirit. Is that correct? Amen. So I think the idea here, why there's a heavenly temple now, but in the future... That we know heavenly temple is because whatever the heavenly temple represents will not be made manifest himself. And no temple can contain him. Is that clear? Amen. Praise the Lord. Then the Ark of the Covenant. Every once in a while you go go to the supermarkets. uh, Big one supermarkets. You see tabloids. Somebody will say they discovered the Ark of Covenant somewhere you see that on supermarket tabloids it disappeared and nobody knows where it is don't let anybody fool you uh, even how it disappeared it was like the end of Moses nobody knows where he was buried if he was buried in fact there is a suggestion that he was not even buried it looks like he was taken up praise the Lord so, and that's why we made that comment there are two theories you see that the king of Egypt seized it when he invaded Judah or the Babylonians destroyed it. Amen? Um, let, let's look at the two scriptures. 1 Kings 14, 25. 1 Kings 14, 25. Praise the Lord. But, but remember, we are, uh, the ark we are looking at is the heavenly one, but we just want to look a little bit about what happened to the physical one, to the earthly one. Yes.
2: now it happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam Mm -hmm. that Shishat the king of Egypt came up against Jerusalem Mm -hmm. that's it Mm -hmm.
0: read the next line
2: he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house and he took everything even taking all the shields of gold which Solomon had made
0: Mm. did you notice that uh, verse 25 to 26. Amen? So, that's that may be when the act, the physical one, got lost. Amen? You know, when somebody gets robbed, sometimes it doesn't recover everything. And I guess God allowed that to happen. Because the true act is Christ. It was going to come anyway. Praise the Lord. You remember it was captured in battle earlier on. And the people who kept it had to. <laughs> yeah, that's the question is like that, that, to at happen? first time, right? Uh-huh. Yes. God y- God yeah. God is sovereign, and that's the interesting thing. God will allow it to happen. I, what I'm thinking is, he allowed it to happen because what it was great, coming close to the coming of Christ. Yes. Of course, that's whom the ark represents. I, are, you, are you following? There were things that God allowed before Christ because they served as shadows of Christ. As Christ was beginning to appear, those things disappear. Remember the the brazen serpent? They carried it on. After that healing, they started worshipping it. And God got upset one day because that was a type of Christ on the cross. But they started worshipping it. He took it away anything that will loom large over Christ, God will find a way of taking it. How about the temple itself? The temple was destroyed. Are you, are you following? Because Christ said it will be destroyed because the red temple had come and they rejected it. Remember what he said in the temple? Three days, this temple will be destroyed. Amen? And they said, really? Solomon, our father, built this temple. You know how much it cost him? How many years? then after he died they realized uh that well i think what the issue is is that like i said what caused that situation disobedience and you have to know that for 400 years before Christ came the presence of God was taken from the land and I think it began with that that situation for 400 years no prophet, no prophet, that's why when John the Baptist came they were excited because John the Baptist was the next prophet that came amen so I believe he did it so that they would hunger for his presence and they hungered for the presence of the Lord. Remember when they were taken into captivity? Remember the song they sang and so on and so forth. He deliberately allowed that to happen so that they begin to seek His presence. Amen? Uh, is that a lesson for us? Uh, what is the presence of the Lord among us today? Uh, the Holy Spirit. The anointing. It can be taken. Praise the Lord. And uh, that's, we have to be very Careful. Amen. Let's look at the other scripture. Jeremiah 3.16 quickly. Uh
2: It shall be in those days when you are multiplying and increased in the land declares the Lord. They will no longer say the ark of the covenant of the Lord and it will not come to mind nor will they remember it nor will they miss it nor will they b- made it again.
0: Nor will they make made again. Okay, so it is, it is uh, a sovereign plan of God that it will disappear. And I guess uh, not to be found. Amen. Uh, it's, it's interesting, I guess before this time, when Solomon came to power, it was also missing at that time. Solomon had to go fish it out. And that night the Lord visited him. Amen. Um go ahead, let's read the next line. Along with the mention Along
1: with the mention of the presence of the presence mm, of, the, of Lord. the Lord as symbolized by the temple and the ark of the covenant mm-hmm. is the phenomena of flashes of lightning. Mm-hmm. Um sorry Flashes of lightning, sounds, peals of thunder, peals of thunder, of thunder oh. earthquake, and a great hailstone, hailstorm. In the in the Bible, God's presence is typically attended to or greeted by these cosmic events.
0: Okay, so let's tie everything up. When they said that heavenly voice came forth, behold, the kingdoms of this world have become what the kingdom of our God and his Christ right and then after they bowed remember they bowed and they did everything and they sang and all that the next thing they saw was the ark of covenant of the Lord no sorry the heavens opened and they saw the temple the heavenly temple the temple in heaven is that correct and what's the next thing they saw the ark of the covenant is that correct and now they are seeing what? Thunders, kills and so on and so forth. Again, in the Bible, whenever those things appear, they are things that are triggered by the presence of the Lord. Is that clear? Let's look at instances. Let's go at least to Exodus 19, 10 to 17. I want to warn you ahead of time. That was... After they came out of Egypt. Three months after they came out of Egypt. Amen. After the Passover. They came out of Egypt and God said stop. Before you go any further I will make my covenant with you. On Mount Sinai. Amen. Mm -hmm. And in that encounter let's see what happens. God came down on the mount. Where Moses and the people were waiting for him. Let's see what happened.
2: Exodus 10. 10 to 17.
0: 19. 10 to
2: 17.
0: 19, 10, 10, 17.
2: Okay. The Lord also said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today mm. and tomorrow uh-huh. and let them wash their garments mm. and let them be ready for the third day. Mm. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai mm. in the sight of all the people. Mm. You shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, beware that you do not go up on the mountain or touch the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death.
0: Stop there. Remember (laughs) the presence of the Lord in under the old covenant. Watch continue.
2: No hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through whether beast or man. He shall not live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people and they washed their garments. (laughs) He said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. So it came about on the third day when it was morning that there was thunder and lightning flashes and a thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet sound so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain.
0: Amen. Read the next verse.
2: Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke. Because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Notice and that.
0: smoke ascended. Stop right there. Now Mount Sinai was all in what? Smoke. smoke. Now, fire department can't blame anybody for that. <laughs> Why? What's the reason? Because the Lord did what? Descended on it. Continue.
2: And its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked violently. Mm. When the song of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke. And God answered him with thunder. Mm. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up.
0: Did you notice that a man spoke to God. And God responded with thunder. Praise God. So that's, anytime you see that is the presence of the Lord. And I, and I want us to see something uh, about, let's look at the next. Did, did, we, read, did we read up to 25? We up to 21. Huh? 20. Continue.
2: Then the Lord spoke to Moses, go down, warn the people so that they do not break through to the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish.
0: Stop right there. Warn them so that they do not do what? Break through to the Lord to do what? Gaze. What does that echo? Remember what we dealt with last week? What does that echo there? You cannot cover and you don't have license to approach because we, we cannot understand what Jesus did if we don't see that. It was God who won the people. Not everybody can even cross. And you notice he told them, before you called them to the mountain, they shouldn't even touch the mountain. Why? Because of the presence of the Lord. In the Old Covenant, under the Old Covenant, the presence of the Lord was highly guarded. When you read in, under the New Covenant, say Come boldly. It will make new sense to you. Do you, do you understand? Why would he say come boldly? Is because of what happened there. Because they were warned. If you show up, Moses, don't call them out of their houses without warning them when they come to the mountain, even beasts. God will not even excuse that the beast has no sense, no brain. Both man and beast. Is that what you read? Yes. He said they should not even come near the mountain or touch the edge of the mountain. Otherwise, they will die. And when they came, he said, Moses, again, tell them not to break through. Break through where? The barrier. And come to gaze. You know how people are. You know, you tell them, sit here. They want to sit there. (laughs) Amen? So warn them, continue. You know why I'm emphasizing this so that we know what Jesus did for us. Amen. Go ahead. Also
2: let the priests who c- comes near to the Lord consecrate themselves, mm. or else the Lord will break out against them.
0: Ministers of the Lord, you can't show up anyhow. Otherwise it will break down break up against you. Yes.
2: Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, mm. for you warned us, saying, Set bounds among the, about the mountains and consecrate it. Mm. Then the Lord said to him, Go down and come up again, you and Aaron, which you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, or he will break forth upon them. So Moses went down to the
0: people and told them. Did you notice that? <laughs> so next time you hear, come boldly to the throne of grace. Now you may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. Come boldly. That, that episode was written to Hebrews. They know what the presence of the Lord was. But under the new covenant, don't you see the shock in them? Come, you cannot come boldly to the throne of grace. They say, huh? Are you sure we're serving the same God? Again, the verse before says, since we now have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. <laughs> So he broke through, and he was punished for that. Do you understand? Amen. You see, when the people were asked not to touch the thing, it's because of our sins. But Jesus carried our sins and broke through, and he suffered that. Now that he has suffered it, we can now come boldly. was to be my question. That even
1: the high priest
0: couldn't come. The priest? The he said the priest, yeah. The priest couldn't he come he, he, he noticed when God. he said go down, he said bring only Aaron. That was the high priest of the time. But the priests shouldn't come. And you know what happened to Aaron's sons? For offering strange fire. Remember? Amen. So that's the point there. But let's see. And under the new, new covenant. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. Again, remember what we are looking at here is the fire and brimstone. They always attend the presence of the Lord. And I don't think He has changed. But I think that Jesus has put a muffler on it. (laughs) And a (laughs) blinder. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hebrews 12 verse 18. To 24. Mm
2: -hmm. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched. And to a blazing fire.
0: Stop right there. What mountain is that? Mount Mount Sinai. A mountain that can be touched. And to a what? A blazing fire. Go ahead. And to darkness and gloom and whirlwind. Uh, yeah, I, is, is that making a sense now? That was what was happening there on that mountain. Okay. Who is he writing to now? New Christian. New, Christian, New Covenant Believers and us. Amen. New Covenant Believers. Amen. Continue. And to the blast
2: of a trumpet uh-huh. and the song of words which sung was such that those who heard begged that no farther word be spoken to them. Uh-huh. For they could not bear the command. Uh-huh. If even a beast touches the mountain it will be stoned. Mm-hmm. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. My but self. you have come to Mount Zion. Stop
0: right there. Yeah. Amen. A new mountain. What mountain is this, Mount Zion? Mount Zion. That's our mountain. Amen. 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 We've come to Mount Zion. I, I I know the difference. Mount Sinai was in the outskirts; it was not in the land. It was at the edge of the wilderness, coming in. But Mount Zion is Jerusalem itself. Are you following? How close we are now. Continue. But to
2: you have come to Mount Zion, Uh and to the city of the living God, Uh the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the myriads of angels, Mm. to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, Mm. who are enrolled in heaven, Mm. and to God, the judge of all, Mm. and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, Mm. and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant.
0: Did you notice that? Who was the mediator on Sinai? Moses. Moses. Go ahead.
2: And to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel.
0: Did you notice that? What's the sprinkled blood? Whose blood is that? Jesus. Not the blood of animals. Amen. Let's look at, so you see all of that. Let's look at Revelations 4, 5. New Testament temple. Now let's see. Amen. Continue.
2: Revelation 4, 5. 4, 5. Out from the throne. Come flashes of lightning. Mm. And songs and pales of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning. Mm. Before the throne. Which are the seven spirits of God.
0: This was the throne. And, in heaven right. That as we saw in Revelation chapter 4. Are you done? Yeah. Amen. Is that clear? Yeah. So we are done with the seventh trumpet. At as, as the sounding of it. Again remember. What was the immediate thing that happened at the sounding of the seventh trumpet? What was the immediate thing? The voice from heaven announcing their vision of the consummated kingdom of God. Is that correct? Amen. What's the next thing that will happen? Huh? Yeah, it's part of that. Yes, you're right. But it's all part of that. The heavens opened... And and they saw the temple, and they saw the ark, and there was thunder and lightning. Okay, that sealed the immediate thing that happened. Correct. Amen? Amen? So what's the next thing that will happen now, after that first temple, was, that seventh trumpet was blown? The third interlude. The third interlude. Now, after the third interlude, what will happen? Huh? The bowls. The, the breaking of the bowls. Even though we will not do all of this tonight, but I want you to think as we go along. I like these things to be organized in our mind. Let's take, the, let's take that again. And you know what? As should go back to read, please remember when you read, you are looking at things that will change your life. That will make you know how to live now. Amen? All these things we are saying is what will make you study the, the, the book better. At least you have an idea. Are you following? Yeah. But don't, don't get hung up on those things. Get hung up on the instructions as to how to leave in order to avoid the seven boards. For instance, the seven boards are coming. What you and I care about is how to leave to make sure we are not under that, those seven boards. Is that correct? So, But all these systematic tools I'm giving you is, are the things that make us understand the study. Because if you go without having these tips you get lost. It's the book of Revelation especially, you can get lost in it. Amen? Amen. Is that clear? Amen. Amen. That's why I'm making this emphasis. So, let's go over again. Seven trumpets is sounded. What happens immediately? A voice, A voice from heaven. What is the announcement? Behold, Behold, the kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. Christ. Amen? And of course, and um, they, they praised him, they gave him thanks and praises. Remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. For taking his power and for ruling and reigning. Is that correct? Yes. And then the 24 elders did what? Bow down and off their hearts. Is that correct? Yes. Amen. And so on and so forth. And while they were praising him and worshipping, and then they saw heavens open and they saw the what? The temple in heaven. And what does did they see? The ark of covenant of God. And what else did they see? And they heard, they saw la- lightning, flashings of thunder, hailstones, earthquakes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Notice, no one could see God. But all they could see are the things that typify his presence. Praise the Lord. The, the, the tabernacle, the temple or tabernacle the ark and the flashes of lightning and turn down Amen? So, that's the first thing. Then the next thing that will happen is what? The third interlude. And the third interlude is long. It will, it will include Revelations 12, 13, and 14. Then at the end of the third interlude, then the real contents of the, of the seventh trumpet begin to be Unfolded, and what are the real contents? The seven bowls or seven vials. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Let me ask a question What is the difference in feature between this third interlude and the other interludes? What's the main, main difference? The difference between the third interlude we are about to study and the two earlier interludes. The
1: other two interludes came after the sixth, the sixth.
0: Six and seven seal and six and seven seven, uh, trumpet. trumpet. And this one is coming when? Before before the seventh. Before the opening. opening, uh, uh, opening. They are coming between the seventh and and the the contents and the the opening. Are you you following? You remember that much, right? Very good. very good. And of course, the contents of every interlude is different from the other. Yes. Content of the first interlude. the sealed and the two multitudes, sealed and unsealed. Is that correct? All right. contents of the seventh of the second interlude? Yeah, that was the first one. Mm-mm. the two go. Yeah. No, the strong angel and the little book, okay. the measuring of the temple and and the, and the, witness. and the two witnesses. Amen. Okay. Now this third interlude is going to be totally different. Totally different. You're going to see. Now, what is an interlude? Quickly. Before we go. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, So the interlude here are periods of intermission. Amen? Between the main course In the vision. The book of Revelation is a series of vision that John was seeing. And at some point the the main vision may pause. And he takes a break and veers off. And sees some other things. And comes to where he stops. And he goes again he veers off, sees some other things, another scene, and he comes back and continues from there. That's the interlude. There are intermissions. You know, when you're watching a, a play, and they will stop and go out, and some little children may come and dance. And then after they dance, the play people are getting ready to come back, and they come back, the children go. That's what's happening here. Praise the Lord. So let's look at the third interlude now. Mr. you want to go on? Yes. Yes. It's, it's, supposed it's supposed to be 14. Okay. 14. Okay. All right. Let, let's change it. And I'll change it. Change it. And then, when you have a time, change it in a. Amen. Please change it on your own. So it should be 14. Okay. I'll change it in the computer. Okay, did she change? Um, Joel, did you change the, the lesson? The new one, the new outline. 14, it's 14, huh? She got to change your own. Okay. All right, let's go.
1: Okay, what must take place after this? Revolution. Section 3, start from oh, section, section 3. three. Mm-hmm. What must take place after this? Mm-hmm. Revelation 4, chapter 4 to 22. Mm-hmm. Lesson 14. The third interlude, Mm -hmm. Revelation 12, 13, and 14. Mm -hmm. A, Introduction. Mm -hmm. The third interlude is the last main parenthesis, interval or temporary temporary break in John's narration of his apocalyptic vision. However, in terms of its placement or location in the course of this vision, there is difference between it and the two preceding interludes. For whereas, in the case of the first two or preceding interludes, the interval or intermission had had occurred between the sixth and the seventh points of the re- relevant program
0: of divine wrath. Uh, did, did you understand that? Yes, that's what we just explained. Yeah, that's what we just explained. Okay. Thus,
1: the first interlude is associated with the first course of series of God's program of wrath, known as the Seven Seals, and will precisely take place between the 6th and the 7th of those seals. Likewise, the second interlude is associated with the second course of series of uh, August judicial program or program of route known as the 7th trumpet, and would occur between the 6th and the 7th trumpet. On the other hand, in the case of the third interlude, contrary to the existing pattern, The interval or break does not occur within the spectrum of the course of the series of the third historical judicial program of God, known as the seven bowls or veils. It exists instead between the two last courses of God's historical judicial program, namely the seven trumpets and the seven bowls or seven veils. Most specifically, the third interlude is sandwiched between the seventh trumpet and the first bowl of Vial. Accordingly, after the sounding of the sub, uh, seventh trumpet and the
0: proleptic or
1: anticipatory proclamation by heavenly voices of the imminence of the consummated phase of God's kingdom and the swallowing up of the kingdoms of this world, is this world or world?
0: World, it's supposed to be world. world
1: and ultimately Satan's kingdom. Revelation eleven fifteen to 19.
0: Which is what we dealt with.
1: The third interlude begins and stretches in length over the entire length of the next three chapters, which are Revelation 12, 13, and 14.
0: Over the next three chapters, okay.
1: Okay, B, an overview. The broad theme of the third interlude is spiritual warfare in the form of that coming... Cataclysmic Conflict. Conflict And struggle between the kingdom of God And the kingdom of Satan Even though all through time and history This conflict has ranged In varying dimensions It will reach an Unprecedented climax Beginning with the events of this Third interlude as captured in Revelation 12 through Revelation 14
0: Stop right there so the interlude we are about to look at is mostly spiritual warfare. That's the main content. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Spiritual warfare. And the spiritual warfare we are going to see is a spiritual warfare that is happening in the spirit is warfare that's happening in the spirit realm. Even though in history beginning from the fall in the garden there has always been this warfare or conflict. Amen. And that will be Big, the biggest one at the end. What we are going to look at is what has been going on in the spirit realm over all these times. Amen? It does not refer to any particular event in history. But it's, what, it's, it's, it's giving us an idea of what goes on in the spirit realm. But it will come to a full manifestation at the end of the age. Has it been happening in history? Yes. Amen? All right. Let's continue. Mm.
1: Although in an earlier historical event in the course (coughs) excuse me, although in an earlier historical event in the course of this ongoing spiritual conflict between good and evil, Mm. Jesus of Nazareth had in his his coming Mm. in his coming and the death on the cross defeated Satan and overthrown his kingdom. Satan has continued and will continue an aggressive programme of evil insurgency which we get which we get even more unprecedentedly aggressive against God and his people.
0: Stop right there. So, over time, remember that Jesus has already defeated the devil, right? Mm-hmm. But the devil will continue to mount an aggressive insurgency program. Are you following? Huh? Yes. And that is happening now, uh, but it will get even worse. So, what we are looking at here will happen ultimately at the end, but now, we have an idea, okay. uh, and it's happening in various measures now. Are, are you all following? Okay. All right, continue. Okay, um, am I now? Nevertheless. nevertheless, in his
1: second coming, Jesus would destroy Satan and sentence him and his forces to internal punishment in hell, terminate his kingdom, and uh, annihilate his program known as evil in its entirety, and establish God. God's kingdom, on its millennial form on in earth. Its
0: in, in, so in, in its millennial in, cross out the
1: In its millennial form on earth, and later in its consummated form in eternity.
0: Stop right there. What did Jesus do to the devil in his first coming?
1: He went and took the keys.
0: Okay. Yes, but what, what summative word can you say he did to him in terms of warfare? Yes, annihilation. Not No, not yet annihilation. De- defeat, 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 defeat. Un- understand that. So what will he do to him in his second coming? Destruction and annihilation of his program known as evil. Are you following? So people get confused. That's why I'm emphasizing on this. Satan... At the present time, he's defeated, but he has not destroyed. been destroyed. destroyed yeah. Is that clear? Okay. So that you don't get confused. You don't worry. You don't ask God questions. Amen. God has a program. Praise God. Did we get that? Yes. Satan is defeated, but, but not yet destroyed. Now, between his defeat and his destruction... He still has some power, some room. But put it this way, he's on a leash. Before the death of Jesus, he was unleashed. roving, unleashed. He was a roving agent. But after the death of Jesus, a lot of his authority and power have been curtailed. Seriously and gravely curtailed. He knows it. Are you following? But when Jesus returns, he'll be arrested imprisoned, that's the, these are the steps. Remember? In fact, Jesus will not touch him. He will send a strong angel who will go to him with a chain, arrest him, imprison him for 1,000 years, and after that, release him and then destroy him in hell. Is that clear? Amen. It's important we understand that. Praise the Lord. Okay, moving on.
1: However, before his final glorious vanquishing of
0: of Satan. Sat-
1: of Satan his kingdom and evil by Jesus of Nazareth no however before the final glorious before, vanqu- this, this. before this final glorious vanquishing of Satan his kingdom and evil by Jesus of Nazareth as the Christ of God Satan and his forces will in the course of, his, of this spiritual warfare or conflict seek with its utmost strength to oppose and frustrate the establishment of God's kingdom Namely, his rule and rule on earth.
0: His rule and reign, sorry. His my rule mistake. and reign
1: on earth. And relentlessly persecute God's people through the fiercest of any tribulation program. And experience on earth, known as the Great Tribulation.
0: Are you following? Ah, mm-hmm. uh? Yes. Alright. So, what whatever trouble God's people are facing in the hand of the devil today is nothing. Mm-hmm. As yet. And because... He, the devil knows what is about to happen to him. So he is working over time to inflict as much retaliation as possible. Amen? Go ahead. <clears> Thus, <throat> as if the
1: various satanically inspired tribulation experiences of Israel and later the church on earth and in history under the reign of evil rulers were not enough... Uh, John 16 33 as fourteen twenty two The worst of persecution or tribulation is yet to come upon God's people. It will come in the end time tribulation package of Satan for God's people in the hand of that evil ark servant of Satan known as the Antichrist or the Beast. Continue. Jeremiah 30. No,
0: don't worry, okay. continue. With
1: this overview in mind, it makes better sense why before any of, of the coming seven bowls of judgment that should, f- should follow the sounding, the, 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 sound the, 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 the sounding of the seventh bowl could be ushered in...
0: The sounding of the...
1: The sounding of the seventh Trumpet. Okay,
0: of the trumpet. Mm-hmm.
1: trumpet. Could be ushered in the first outcome of the sounding of the seven trumpet was a heavenly announcement of the coming of the kingdom, or rule Mm. and reign of God, and his Christ. Um, I'm kind of, I don't, uh, it's kind of confusing. No, read it again. With the whole thing, I'm trying to get it. I'm. Read it again. Okay. With this overview in mind, it makes better sense. Why why before any of the coming?
0: Seven Bowls of Judgment. Seven
1: Bowls of Judgment that that should follow the sounding of the seven trumpets, be ushered in. The first outcome of the sounding of the seventh trumpet was a heavenly announcement of the coming of the kingdom yes. or the rule and reign of God.
0: Now, he- God. He- here's why. Here's what makes sense. He's saying this, the angels in heaven, seeing what is to come. Amen? Certain activity that will come. And now, seeing that the kingdom of God will eventually come also, they rejoiced that the kingdom of God is going to come. In other words, Satan, no matter what the devil does, mm-hmm. amen, he will not have the upper hand because God's kingdom will come at that time. And remember somewhere he said, and God, they thank God and praise him for taking his great power to rule and reign. Amen? Mm-hmm. No, no. Your, your, your observation is correct the, the timing is important because before it even happens that's why the announcement they made about the coming of the kingdom wasn't, was not that the kingdom was happening at that time it was something that happened in the future in other words, Satan doesn't have the last word his activity is not the last thing no matter what he does because when the great tribulation comes when the devil is Raging and raving, everybody would think he had taking the upper hand. Though these angels have seen what is going to happen and say, "Thank God, the kingdom of God will come at the end and take over and defeat this satanic and evil manifestation." Is that clear? Amen. Is that clear? Yes. Praise God. Yes, it gets worse. It gets it, yeah, it's harder and worse when it's coming to an end. Amen. All right. It is also logical that that
1: announcement triggered the most intense Satan's opposition. The most intense of the most intense of Satan's opposition against God and His kingdom, and the most intense persecution against God's people.
0: Now, again, notice that after that announcement was made, the 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 devil kind of ratchets off his power. Amen. So everything there is working like a cycle, one thing leading to the other. Amen. All right, the interlude itself. Okay, see
1: the interlude Revelations mm-hmm. 12, 1 to fourteen.
0: And oh, 12, 12, 1 1 to for- to 14 12, 1 to, for- to 12,
1: 1 to, for- oh. to
0: fourteen twenty. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And so now as we about to see, as we are about to see, beginning with Revelation twelve, and for the rest of this interlude, John is privileged with a heads up spiritual account of Or a foreview of the heavily rehearsal of this conflict before its actual manifestation on earth and in in history on at a future date. In history. In
0: history at a future date. Cross out future date. Cross out on. In terms of specific. Stop right there. Let's look at that. So what we are about to see in the in concerning this spiritual warfare is. It's like a heads-up. You know what a heads-up is? In America, when they say, give somebody a heads-up, hint the person about what is to expect, what's going to happen. So, John is being shown what will happen in terms of this conflict. Now, it doesn't mean that this particular conflict is happening now. It's still future. But John has advanced information. Are you following? And uh, this is the grace of God. And not only John... Those of us who have even lived 2,000 years after John. Amen? Also have this heads up. Do you see the blessing of God there? That we know ahead of time. Military generals don't reveal their plans. Even to their civilians, their citizens. The citizens of their nations. Amen? But the kingdom of God has released the conflict, the plan of God, the strategy. And Satan's strategy ahead of time to us. Amen? All right, moving on.
1: In terms of specific contents, the third interlude offers the final break in John's uh, mainstream narrative, and during which John's missionary video zooms its lens at the parenthetical subject of spiritual warfare in the heavens, along with the following associated key players, activities, and experiences.
0: Okay one. So stop. So here's what we are going to do. This third in interlude and the spiritual warfare, here are the key players, the key personages or key persons and activities that will mark this whole spiritual conflict. These are the things we are going to study. Amen? Alright. Read them. Number one.
1: One, the heavenly woman. Revelations 12, 1 to 2. hmm 2. The dragon, Revelation 12, 3 to 5.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: 3. The seed of the heavenly woman, Revelation 12, 5 to 6. Mm-hmm. 4. Michael, the archangel, Revelation 12, 17, mm-hmm. uh, 7. Uh, 5. The two beasts, Revelation 13, 1 to 18. 6. The lamb and the 144,000 on the Mount Zion, Revelation 14, 1 to 5. 7. The visions of two angels, Revelation 14, 6 to 8. 8, the dis- destiny of the worshippers of the beast. Revelation 12, 9 to 13. And then 9, the, the reapers. Revelation 14, 14 to 20.
0: Did you see that?
1: So go to 1.
0: Did you see that? Do you have any comments? Have you have you heard of these things before? Ah, huh? not, not all of them. Some of them, right? Have you really studied them before? Okay, so you have not. Nobody here has had a real study of these things. Amen. Let's go over the list again. It's not a very pretty list, but at least there are some blessings. Number one.
1: The heavenly woman, uh-huh. Revelation 12, 1 to 2. Mm-hmm. 2, the dragon, Revelation 12, 3 to 5. Mm-hmm. 3, the seed of the heavenly woman, mm-hmm. Revelation 12, 5 to 6. Mm-hmm. 4, the Mi- uh, Michael, the archangel, mm-hmm. Revelation twelve 7. Uh, 5, the two beasts, Revelation 13,
0: 1 to 18. Mm-hmm.
1: 6, the lamb and the fort- one f- 144,000 on Mount Zion.
0: Remember, we saw what the whole one for the four thousand earlier yes. in Revelation seven, Amen.
1: Revelation or they're showing 14. up
0: here again, yeah. okay.
1: Revelation fourteen one to
0: five,
1: mm-hmm. uh, seven. This the, the vision visions of two angels. Revelation fourteen six to eight, eight. The destiny of the worshippers of the beast. Revelation twelve nine to thirteen.
0: Who's who's that beast? The beast, the Antichrist. the Antichrist. The Antichrist. Amen. Go ahead. And then nine, the reapers. Mm-hmm. Revelation
1: fourteen, fourteen to
0: twenty. All right. Very good. Any questions? Yeah, Mike? Oh, okay. Is the destiny of the worshippers of the beast? Is that supposed to be Revelation fourteen? Nine to thirteen? Or is it supposed to be twenty? Because Which one is that? Number eight. Number eight. Oh, is it said fourteen, right? Oh, the rippers. Oh, the destiny of the worshippers. We we'll, we we'll check that as we go. All right? Yeah, I think it may be fourteen, but but let's see. Um, any other question there? All right. Let's go to the text. The heavenly woman.
1: Okay. The heavenly woman. Revelation 12, 1 to 2.
0: Mm.
1: Verse 1.
0: Now we're starting Revelation 12 12 now. And we're starting the third interlude. Okay. It's 14, right? Okay. 14. Let's change it. 14. All right. Okay. Let's go.
1: Revelation uh, 12, verse 1. A great sign appeared in heaven. P-
0: please, you know what we're going to do? It's best that we read these passages in our Bibles before, before we, do, do we do this. Amen? Okay. So, before next... Do we have next Friday? Yeah. Yeah, before next Friday, study Revelation chapter 12 from A to Z. Amen? Go ahead. A great sign appeared in heaven a
1: woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars.
0: Look at that picture.
1: Hmm.
0: Look don't. at it very closely. A woman. It's a great sign. Appeared where? In heaven. In heaven. What was the sign? A woman clothed with what? With the sun. The sun and the moon under her feet and, and on her head, head a crown of twelve stars. Catholics will identify this very uh, with this very well. Uh, uh, most of the pictures <laughs> of the Virgin Mary, his glow with the sun, and uh, standing on the moon, and so on, and so on. Uh, that's how they got that picture. Amen. All right. Okay. Now let us let, let, read the outline. Okay. Here, John sees a
1: pot, a potent or great sign. A potent Name, actually a should potent. be
0: D. Pretend. potend. Okay. Okay. Or a great sign.
1: Go ahead. Here, goes, uh, John sees a potend or a great sign, namely the appearance of a most extraordinary or unique woman in heaven. Mm-hmm. The woman was characterized as one who was clothed with the sun, mm. had the moon under her feet, and crowned with 12 stars. Mm. There's no question that these features speak of glory, majesty, and overall brilliance. As a potent, same potent. Yeah, let's go ahead. We'll or a great sign, these features did not merely attract John's admiration, but served as a foreboding or seeking feeling of something
0: else to come. Did you understand how John could have feel, felt? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. So verse 2. Verse
1: 2. And as she was and she was with child. And she cried out, being in labor and in pain, to give birth.
0: Did you hear that? Yeah. Who was with child? The woman. What does it mean?
1: She was in labor.
0: She was, preg- was pregnant and, in and then in labor and was about to deliver. Go ahead. Over, this, over the years and
1: among theologians and lay believers, the identity of this woman has been a subject of many speculations and debates. The three most popular conclusions that emerge from these debates as to the identity of this woman include the Virgin Mary, the nation of Israel, and the church. To be sure each of these entities bear a certain measure of features that fit the picture of this woman. Yet only one answer, only one answers fully to the description. For instance, each is typical typically spoken of in the bible as a woman or a feminine terms or in feminine terms also as portrayed in the passage the heavenly woman is said to be pregnant or with child likewise in the bible all three female female personages uh, under our consideration are directly or indirectly alluded to as being pregnant or with child or children at the point at, at one, one point, point or um, another
0: all right. So, who are the three figures that we have in mind when we are looking at this woman?
1: The Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary. The nation of Israel. The nation of
0: Israel. And the church. And the church. Is that clear? These are the three main arguments, and the point is that each of them has a certain feature that you can look at and say yes. Amen. Uh, so, but I, and it's important we try to find out who the woman is. It's very important. Praise the Lord. Okay, go ahead.
1: So we are leaving the passages. Here. Yeah,
0: um, you, you know what? The passages tell us that each of them... You can do that on your own. Okay. Okay.
1: On a general note, this woman represents Zion or the heavenly Jerusalem. The ideal people of God or God's people.
0: Is that clear? Mm-hmm. Whoever this woman will be, one thing we know is that it's representative of God's people, the ideal people of God, or the heavenly Jerusalem or Zion, is that clear? Yes, okay, so from now on, when we think this one, let's think of God's people, and the ultimate people of God today is the church, so that woman at the most at the most at the least is the church. Let's go ahead, right you know we could have why write some of these things. It's for us to, you know, examine everything. Otherwise, we could have said, "Is the church, and we move on. But, you know, we try to explore to see if we are right or wrong. Amen? It's important you get to know, okay, who is this woman? And as we are going to read, we are going to see certain things. All right? So, for now, we are going to say the woman is God's people. And the typical people of God today is the church. Let's go ahead.
1: The question is, between the Virgin Mary, Israel, and the church, who is it that most accurately answers to the destruction of the ultimate Zion, namely the present and the final ideal people of God? Mm. Mary indeed was the mother of our Lord, the Messiah, yet unlike the heavenly woman portrayed in the passage who is a corporate woman, Mary is an individual person.
0: Is that clear? Amen.
1: Likewise, the nation of Israel is in the Bible portrayed not only as God's people, but also as a nation that gave birth to the Messiah. Romans 9, 3-5. Yet, as biblical events and redemptive history... Let, 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 let,
0: let's, let's look at Romans 9 quickly. quickly. Romans 9, 3-5. It's talking about what Israel gave to the world. What is unique about Israel in their relationship with God. No, it's, it says it's a corporate woman. We are going to see. We are going to see. All right.
2: Romans nine three to five. Mm-hmm. For I could wish that I myself were accursed, mm-hmm. separated from Christ, for the sake of my brethren,
0: my Who is king's writing? Men. Who is writing? Paul. Paul. What brethren is he talking about? The Jews. Biological brethren, the Jews. Amen. What's the nation? Israel. Go ahead.
2: My kingsmen according to the flesh. Okay. Who are Israelites? To whom belongs the adoption as sons? And uh, the watch, glori-
0: watch to whom belongs the what adoption, the adoption as, son- as in the son. old testament, God calls Israel my first son. Especially that's why he dealt with Pharaoh's f- first sons. Amen. Number two.
2: And the glory and the covenant. No, no, no. The- Let,
0: let's take the count. Number one, uh, the adoption, right? God adopted them before the church as his son. Mm-hmm. They are the first son. Amen? Amen. They, of them belongs the adoption. Number two.
2: And the glory.
0: And the glory. Hey, listen. In the old the, the, the term in the uh, Holy of Holies. That was where the glory resided. Amen? And the glory followed them. Remember? Amen. Continue. In the, the wilderness, co- the glory followed them. Uh-huh.
2: And the covenants.
0: And the covenants. God made the initial covenants with them. Most of the covenants in the Bible was made with them and they, they showed us the covenants. Amen? Jesus perfected them under the Old Testament but it began with them. Number four.
2: And the giving of the law.
0: And the giving of the law. The law was given to them. Whose law? Yeah. Whose law originally? God's law. Amen? Number five and the temple service look at that the temple service we, most of what we do in church today we drew from that the tabernacle and the temple and and how the temple was run and the priesthood right number 6 and the promises and the promises what promises covenant promises uh huh Whose are the fathers and from whom is the Christ? Stop right there. Whose are the fathers? Who are the fathers? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And from whom the Christ
2: according um, to the flesh. And from whom
0: the Christ according to the flesh. <laughs> so you see, you see their heritage. Yeah, it's trace their lineage. And not only... In addition to lineage, they have a heritage. Amen. From God. Direct from God. And we... And the interesting thing about us... We partook of that heritage... And they, almost the heritage is now on, upon us. And that's the interesting thing. Amen. Amen. Alright. Go ahead. Uh, Yet.
2: Who is over all God bless forever? Amen.
0: Amen. They are blessed. Amen. But then... Paul still speaks of higher things about the church. Watch. Yet.
1: Yet, as biblical events and redemptive history progressively unfolded in history and over time, it became evident that Israel is not, is only the seed out of which God's ideal people emerged or the root from which its strong and branches sprang or the foundation from which it rose. The ultimate ideal people of God which sprang from the seed and the root known as National Israel and the foundation known as the National Israel is the church. So then, the heavenly woman of Revelation 12 is none other than the ideal people of God known as the church. Namely, that community of repentant humanity populated by people from both the Jews and the Gentiles Jewish and Gentile stock who have received the redemptive
0: The The redemption.
1: The redemption that is in Christ Jesus.
0: Is that clear? Yes. Israel was only used as as a root. As a means. It was not the end. Israel was a means to an end. That's a different subject we can't get into now. Of course, we dealt with that. Remember spiritual Israel and naturalism. When We dealt with it on Holland Avenue, right? All right, moving on. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, uh the Uh-huh. Christ, yes. And we can now say and we the children born through Jesus. Yeah, Christ, through Jesus Christ. He said because he said in Christ Jesus we are Abraham's seed, right? A descendants heirs according to the promise. Amen. Is is anybody everybody here? Amen. Pastor Desmond are you okay? Yep. yep. <laughs> Chigo, you weren't here when we that with you body or you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Joel, okay. So Pascaline, I see your hand on your chin. Are you taking it in? Are you taking it in? Take a deep breath. Nona Samuels, Christina. So Pascaline, I didn't hear from you. No, seriously, ask your question. Let's move on. Take a mic. Take a mic. What? <laughs> Take a mic, quickly. Oh. I've been a teacher for years. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I'm trying to understand it. Take it in. Yes. Okay. Uh, is there any we can help? Mm, mm, no okay. If you have questions later, let us know. But, okay, let me hear a question. You so, may help. Pastor, in this aspect regarding... Israel being the natural roots mm-hmm. of where Christ came through, mm-hmm. or where the redemption came through. Mm-hmm. The book of Galatians made it very clear. Very good. Because at the time, I, I just had a message on the book of Galatians talking about our roots in Christ. So the message prompted something in me to know that. So by believing in Christ, that Christ came to die mm-hmm. to make us sons of Abraham. hmm Remember when we did spiritual yeah. Israel and natural Israel, All the scriptures yeah. we did is for about four weeks on that yeah. alone. So I, you, you'll find that outline. Pascaline, did you have that outline on spiritual Israel and other? You should have. So you review it, and that's exactly what we are talking about. So you said through Jesus Christ. And we have to understand Israel was not the end of God's purpose, it was a means to an end. What's the end? The church. (laughs) Are are you following? But he used Israel. See, he had to begin somewhere. And he so he called out Israel first in order to use them to start the church. Amen? Now, after he died, the church, the early church didn't want to leave Israel. God's purpose is that by the true Christ, God will not only be God's family will not only be Israel, it will be through Israel to reach the world because God's promise was Abraham, to Abraham was, in you, in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Israel could never be the families of the whole earth, but he gave the Christ, gave birth to the Christ, through whom now the whole families of the whole earth. So it will not be the new thing will be. A community of both Jews and Gentiles. But their mark, the binding mark, is not the law. It's not circumcision. It's not the Sabbath. It is faith in Jesus Christ. That's the, the new nation. Amen? Amen. In the new nation. So, and when we, when we talk about the church, please always remember and God is wise. Even the church, the people that started the church were I will tell you 100% Jewish. Amen. So Israel could not be thrown away completely. Amen. Without Israel, there wouldn't be the church. Amen. They sat in traffic for one hour. I just saw their text. Uh a Friday evening and um yeah, it's it's just too much. It's, it's getting more worse. Um, you know, it, it, it makes my heart. I, I saw the, the text about 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. It was. And mom had to sit in that traffic. Amen. Yes. It's an attack of the enemy. What's the use? Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh. I thank God they can access it on um, online. I thank God for that. I'm sorry, my mom and Okuchi. Sorry. God bless. Sorry. Uh, God knows how to reward you. Amen. 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 What pastor cannot do? Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. So, so are are we we all following? Uh, Okay. So, whenever we talk about Israel, let's pay attention. Let's be very careful to know that they started, and you know what's happening? Have you heard of Messianic Jews? Have you heard of Messianic Jews? They are Jews who are born again Christians, and they are growing. Amen. And that's very important. So we we have to understand, and that what we have to understand is this: when we talk about Arabs, do you know there are Arab Christians? Yeah. yeah, are Arab Christians? Yeah, but 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 that's different. I'm talking about Arabs who are born again Christians, who are even before born again Christianity started, they were Catholics, they are. Coptics, so don't always associate the word Arab with Islam. Palestinians, there are Palestinian Christians, Iran, Pakistan. Oh, no, those ones are you can understand. Yes, Uh, Pakistan is not really Middle East, yeah. So, Muslim nations have Christian, but I'm talking about when you call Middle East that we naturally will associate. With Islam immediately. I want you to know. There are what we call Palestinian Christians. There are Arab Christians. There are Syrian Christians. There are Iranian Christians. There are Coptic Christians. Egyptian Christians. So when we talk about Egypt being a type of bondage in the world. Let's bear in mind there are Christians who are Egyptians by birth. So we have to be sensitive. And there are Jews who don't go, who don't keep the law of Moses, and who do do, that. They are born again Christians. They are called messianic Jews. Because Christians, we can get so blanket minded. I I want us to understand that. Amen. Okay, so let's continue.
1: It is indeed the church. More than anyone else, who best who best fits into such pictures of Zion as portrayed in Psalm Psalms 48
0: 1 to 3. Okay, where, where are we, please? I'm sorry. The
1: lower part, the last paragraph on
0: of, of, of this page, right? Yeah. So we, we, we agree now that the heavenly woman here is the, the church. church. Yes. Amen. Amen. We we are we on the third. In, in intently, you, you will when you read the outline and read the, the scriptures, you'll get it. Plus, that sorry about what happened, amen. It's an attack of the enemy, but you prevailed, amen. and that's what it is. When I saw their text, I was answering them. I say, I know, sorry about that. I'll call you. You know how you type in, and the word I'll call you came up, and the word I'll call you later came up. The only Spirit said, No, don't use the letter, tell them I'll call you. If I use the letter, it may be a way of saying to them, you know, you can turn back, we're almost done. You have to be careful. Uh, and you can discourage people where pastors say we can go back. We can, no, no, they have to say, no, don't, don't use the letter. Amen. Amen. Okay, moving on. In, it is indeed the church.
1: It is indeed the church, more than anyone else, who best fits the into such pictures of Zion as portrayed in. Psalms
0: 48, 1 to 3. Let's look at Psalms 48, 1 to 3. Amen. Quickly. Psalms Let's 48. see how much we can take of this before we close.
2: Psalms 48, 1 to 3.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Mm. In the city of our God, mm. his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion in the far north the city of the great king God in her places palaces has made himself known as a stronghold
0: amen before the church came up that scripture applied to Israel but after the church came up it applies to the church because if you look at it it's of the church that you can say beautifully situated the joy of the whole earth. Now, Israel gave the world a lot of things. Apart from what we read in Romans 9, most of the great scientists, most of the great hospitals, most of the great everything. I'm telling you. But when the church came, you notice the church took over the whole world. Amen? So, e- even in the Bible, Paul regularly compared the church, the, we used the word Zion for the church. And Sinai and other mountains for Israel. Move on. Likewise.
1: Likewise, considering such other pictures as Isaiah 66 7 to 8, the heavenly woman of Revelation 12 is this church.
0: Let's go to Isaiah 66 7 to 8. Isaiah 66 7 to
1: 8.
2: Mm-hmm. Behold, before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she gave birth to a boy. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Can a land be born in one day? Can a nation be brought forth all at once? As soon as Zion travailed, she also brought forth her sons.
0: Amen. So this sounds like that, heavenly woman. And part of this scripture applies to Israel. For instance, when they were, became a nation again in 1948. <laughs> that was a tremendous miracle. Their prime minister... They were in foreign lands for years, waited, not, nobody gave. They came together one day and declared themselves a nation. In three days, they became a nation. And three days after that, the whole Arab nation fought them. They pushed them back to day. It was just like that. But in the physical, you know that Abraham and even Isaac and Jacob were pro- pro- promised two two Streams of descendants. What are the two streams of descendants Abraham was promised? Streams of descendants. Stars of the heavens. I've told you that before. And the sand by the seashore. The sand by the seashore, Israel. The stars, heaven, the church. Amen? Amen? And you know one thing about Israel or the sand? You know one thing about the sand? You will try to collect the sand or to do something against it to dredge it away out of sight. You can't. Israel, the nations have tried to exterminate it over the centuries. The more you ex- try to exterminate it, the more they... They're never a big nation. <laughs> but they keep pushing. Are you following? There are things we have to see in nature. We know that there is God. In this, have you heard of the Six Day War? Six Day War. About how many Arab nations, 20 something, 22 Arab nations, turned around against them to fight them by surprise during young people. In six days, they defended themselves and act- actually took more land from them. That's when they captured Jerusalem for the first time since 70 AD since 70 AD, they had no control or claim over Jerusalem. But in 1967, for the first time since 70 AD, they captured it from Arab armies and put their flag there and nobody has pushed them off again. (laughs) That's the sand by the seashore. The stars of heaven, the church, we fly high and we keep flying. Amen? I want you to think of yourself to see where you belong. We are blessed, amen. We are a peculiar people. All right, where are we? uh,
1: Mm -hmm. More
0: clarifying picture. An
1: even more clarifying picture can Mm -hmm. be drawn from Paul's allegorical allegorical comparison between law and grace, or between the old and the new covenants. After his initial application of the two sons of Abraham, mm-hmm. namely Ishmael and Isaac, mm-hmm. as the sons of the bond woman, mm-hmm. Hagar and the free woman Sarah, respectively, he resorts to the metaphors of Mount, Z- Mount Sinai and earthly Jerusalem as the mother of unrepentant humanity and of, Mount, and of Mount Zion and heavenly Jerusalem as the mother of repentant humanity, also known as the church. And comprising of born-again Christians from both Jewish and uh, Gentile backgrounds.
0: Okay, so and I should. think because of time you're going to read that. Um, Paul is not looking at Muslims, i looking at the Jews and Christians. He talked about the earthly Zion, Zion, and which is Israel, and the heavenly Zion, which is the church. Amen? Amen. Or earthly Jerusalem, or heavenly Jerusalem? Who who has control over earthly Jerusalem today? Earthly. Israel. 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 Amen? Yeah, it's the government of Israel. Now, the, the church has a lot of old structures there. They have most important churches, the church of Sepulchre and all that. Amen? A lot of, uh, you know, sites. The church owns them, but the government of Israel owns it, it has control. Amen? All right. But then, the reason why the church doesn't make so much claim about the Israel today because its own of Jerusalem today its own Jerusalem is in heaven Amen. is the one that will come mm. Are you following? Yeah. Amen that's what Paul was alluding to a threshold mm-hmm. a threshold of eternity in the new
1: heaven and the new earth mm-hmm. this heavenly or new Jerusalem is again portrayed as a heavenly woman mm-hmm. when John saw and spoke of it as coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband.
0: That's the new heavenly Jerusalem. Amen? Amen. And who could that be? The church. church. Because John saw it as a what? A coming down out of heaven. Mm-hmm. From who? From of God. Made ready as a bride, adorned, adorned for her husband. For who is her husband? Christ. Christ. Amen? So that's the heavenly Jerusalem. You notice mm-hmm. now The emphasis now is the church as God's people, Mm -hmm. especially in the book of Revelation. Amen? Amen. And please remember when we talk about church, remember it's a combination of repentant humanity comprising of both people from where? Jewish background background and Gentile background. As a matter of fact, there are three nations in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. Who are they? The The Gentiles, Mm -hmm. Israel, Mm -hmm. and the church the church is a nation that draws its citizens from both Jewish and Gentile background. background. Are you following? So whenever you say church, bear in mind that some citizens of the church are from Jewish background, some are from Gentile background, including Muslim nations. I don't worship in background, but when they repent, they become a new nation known as the church. Amen? Move on. Let's round off. I want us to round off on this and we pray.
1: Once again, the travels of pangs, as here expressed by this woman echo echo certain experiences of national Israel in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Yet, national Israel is not the immediate subject of the discourse in this verse.
0: Remember what we are looking at here. Who is this woman, right? Mm -hmm. This heavenly woman. Mm. If you look at the kind of Labor, as we are going to see in the next passage, in the next verse, because she had that baby, Mm -hmm. and the devil wanted to destroy it. Amen. All right, moving on.
1: Neither, neither was there any biblical report of Mary expressing any such experiences of travel in in the historical birth of Jesus.
0: Is is, is that true? Mm -hmm. Mary didn't go through travel; she went through labor, Labor. normal labor. Amen. Uh, she looked for where to have the baby. Have the baby. He had the baby in the awkward place, mm-hmm. and certain experiences. Amen. man, uh, the baby. Was, they had no. They had to make a makeshift okay. mm-hmm. manger and all that. But she didn't go through, as much as we know, in that sense. That doesn't mean that the enemy didn't had his, his way. His way would have. You no. Know. But are you, are, you, are you following? So Mary could be a type. And Israel of Israel, and Israel is a type of the church here. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: More certainly, then, this experience of birth pangs by the heavenly woman speaks of the future experience of travel or anguish by the church that will be visited on it as part of the great tribulation at the close of the
0: age. Is that clear? Yes. Huh? Yes. Okay, we, we may read these the scriptures before we go tonight, or we may read them next time, but read, read the next okay. until we get to three.
1: Conclusively then, this heavenly woman is the mother of God's ideas people. She had historically historically, manifested itself in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Accordingly, under the Old covenant, these people are the believing remnants of the nation of Israel which grew and found its fullest manifestation as God's people in that community of faith known as the church.
0: Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. Under the old covenant, remember, God had his remnant people. Mm -hmm. There were people, even under the law, who believed in God. They may not have the revelation you and I have. Amen? They looked forward to the Messiah. They confessed the Messiah. They believed in the Messiah, even though they had not seen the Messiah. They died. They died expecting him to come. And when he came, when he was raised from the grave, he went to raise them. He went to bring them forth. So those were ideal people of God. They were in the larger community of God's people known as Israel. But whereas the rest of the people were unfaithful, these people were a small group who were what? Faithful. If you want to see some of them, you go to Hebrews 11. Amen? That's what Hebrews 11 was all about. Amen. from Noah, from uh, even before Israel, from people like Noah, right? Down, Enoch, all those people, down, until Samson and all those people, and the women, women who will not accept resurrection for their children. You remember? Amen. All sorts of people. They That's where they were mentioned in Hebrews 11. There were people, even though who didn't meet Christ on earth, Christ had not come, but they had utmost faith in God. Look at the three Hebrew children. Christ hadn't come. Amen? But they said they would not worship idols. And they were put in on that fire. They said, we will die. We worship you know, the God of heaven. They didn't know Christ as at that time. Amen? But when they went in the fire, Christ showed up. Amen? As they fought the fourth man. Daniel and the lion's den, and all that. So we had all those people. So those were the ideal people of Christ, God's people, under that. But under the new covenant, they were the seed that gave foundation for the founding of the church through the apostles. Are you all following? Amen. So we are looking at this ideal people of God. It began with remnant believing Israel, and it's now coming ultimately to be known to what is known as the church. Okay, quickly.
1: And for, the, and for the record, it was this believing remnant of Israel made up of the core 120 souls upon which the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost and which evolved into that ultimately ideal people of God known as the church.
0: If you look at the people who were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, they were almost 100% Jewish. Are you, are you following? So they were the remnant, whereas all the other people rejected Christ. All of them, including the mother of Christ, of Jesus. Amen? Were in that upper room. They were Jews. And notice what happened. After Christ that when they went to the temple, the rest of the Jews we kicked them out. And Jesus warned them. Are you following? They kicked them out. And it was God doing it. The people wanted to stay. They wanted to be remain in their identity, mixed up with the nation. And Christ warned them, they will kick you out after I'm gone. And you know what? They kicked them out. Even after what they kicked them out, they wanted to stay, localize themselves, stay where they were. And the people came and persecuted them. Then they scattered them. That's how Christianity got here. Are you following? (laughs) Think about it. They never wanted to leave the nation As a people, they never. Even Jesus Himself kept going to the temple. Amen. But He knew they would kick His people out. So when He left, they kicked them out. Guess what? When it's service time, guess where the apostles went? They went to the temple to worship because they didn't know anymore, and they were walking. And they happened to Pastor Mary and I. When we got saved, in the ministry we are in. We refused to go out. We kept going to the Catholic Church to win them over, to do all that. I mean, they, they oppressed us like crazy. I mean, in the middle of a wedding, somebody tells them, these are charismatics. They will come there and tell the priest, they will stop it right there. And a Pentecostal preacher is waiting on hand. And then they take everybody to some uncompleted building and finish the wedding there. I'm telling you, these things happen. People's school fees were cut short, cut off. And you know what? Their parents were penalized, ostracized from the church. So these things will always happen. So that's how the church started. So God allowed them to kick them out. Because otherwise they would not have reached the world. They scattered them. What took Philip to Samaria was the oppression from the nation upon them. Philip, okay, I'm going to Samaria. This person went there, that person went there. That's how the church began to spread. Even Paul, who was called to go to the Gentiles, any Gentile city he went to, first place he goes was the synagogue to tell them that is your man, Christ, your man. In Acts chapter 12, they say we don't want to hear you again. They kicked him out, they beat him. He said he made up his mind. He said, From now on, I'm not coming to you. I am going to the Gentiles. Do you understand? So that idea people of God now shifted from Israel to the church. So if you are of natural Israel, you want to be a people of God, then come to church. If you are Gentile, you want to be a person of God, come to church. So the church is the ideal people, and is the church that the woman of Rev- Revelation chapter twelve represents. Praise the Lord. So, everybody here, we're going to close here. Um, before the next class, which is next Friday, please study the outline. Make sure you get the new outline, and study Revelation chapter twelve, please study Revelation where? Chapter 12. It is a very important part of Revelation. 12, 13, 14. Uh, is it, that's spiritual warfare. Amen. That's the third interlude. Amen. Read the scripture in Jeremiah 35 to 7. Uh, Daniel 12 1 to 2. We will read them. No, no. We will read those scriptures next week. This remind me. Amen. Before we'll start with the scriptures next before we go to verse three. Amen. Now let me read to you verse three. What was do happening, verse three, just to read the verse. And you think about it, that's your take home. Then another sign. What was the first sign? The woman who was clothed with the sun, right? The heavenly woman, right? Second sign, then another sign appeared in heaven. And behold, a great dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems, appeared. To fight a woman. Uh, you, you, you can imagine what happened? You you read it, and that's what we will come back to. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you will see yourself in that revelation twelve. You see what the devil wants to do to you and me, to our elder brother and to us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Any questions? Yes. Given the mic, yeah. The new, new Jerusalem and heavenly Jerusalem are they the same? They are the same. Okay. See, that called heavenly Jerusalem or the new Jerusalem or the new heaven and the new earth it is the same. See, a Jerusalem is literally a city, but it also means a people in, in the Bible. Cities and nations refer to people, amen. And that is always a picture of the church. Ecclesiastes, Jerusalem is a picture of Israel. Biological, natural Israel. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. 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 Pastor Desmo, you're going to pray. Close us in prayer. Oh, amen.